thought I would go over some native plants, things that grow wild out in the mountains of Arizona. And so there are a series of them, and you can plant some of these. We've figured out how to grow these at a farm setting and be able to transplant those into your natural yard. The most famous of all of them would have to be red yucca. It's a, it's a yucca plant. It's got that spiky, almost grassy, not grassy look. It's got a spiky look, but it's not as spiky as agave. It's not, I guess it's not spiky. It's uniquely yucca. They do great here. So we've got tree forms of yucca. We call those Joshua trees. And we've got smaller forms of yucca, like brake light yucca. It's a, it's a dwarfed, little tiny yucca. It only gets up maybe a foot tall with bright, bright red flowers. Beautiful. Hummingbirds love them. To red yucca, the standard that started the whole yucca thing. There's lots of yuccas here. Um, red and yellow yuccas. So those get up about mm, just shy of knee high. They get pretty big with flowers that hover about just above waist high with bright red flowers, bright yellow flowers. Hummingbirds just love them. And so these are plants you can put out there and probably water them by hand, get them started, and then let them go. And let them go by themselves. It's going to take, this is the, here's the problem people get into. They go, I'm going to go native plants. That way I'd never have to do anything with them. Well, that's true once they're established. But to take a two-gallon, let's say, uh, Ceanothus or, or Manzanita, uh, and then plant it in the yard, the roots are all within that bucket. You've got to get those out into the surrounding soil before it's hardy enough to go by itself. And so you want, that takes about two growing seasons. So you want to be more thorough, more get it ready, kind of nurse it along until it is mature enough to go by itself. I would say that's especially true for your bigger things like desert willow. That's a great big tree, gets up 18 feet tall, kind of a vase-shaped, beautiful pink flowers or, or burgundy flowers, comes in a couple of colors. Again, hummingbirds love this thing. Uh, I would say Arizona cypress. It is a native. It's got the word Arizona in it. There's wild entire forests down, down towards uh, Kirkland, Baghdad, those areas. They're just wild. You know they're going to do well, but they need to root out first. And that's going to take a couple seasons. So you need to get through this year and probably the next growing season, and then they can go by themselves. Here's what I do. I push my natives and so they grow fast because they're kind of slower. They're on the slower side of growing. So they're native. But if you juice them, you give them water and food, you can really get them to go pretty fast, especially your bigger like spruce and, and uh, cypress, cedars, deer cedars. Oh my gosh, these things are really fast. I'll push them. I'll fertilize them more. I'll water them more until they get up to size. And then I go, thank you. It's been a good ride. You guys are on your own. So I let them go. So, but I want them up to size first. Silverberry. This is the native plant. Uh, what's the native of that? Uh, Ellie Agnes is the Latin name of that. So silverberry um, is a evergreen shrub. I think it's the same similar size as a red-tipped photinia. But red tip photini is not native. It's the one with that great big red growth to it. It's not a native. It grows fast. It's pretty hardy, but it gets mildew. Deer eat on it. Rabbits eat on it. It's, it's not going to be long lived. Whereas silverberry, 
it's again head high by as wide as your arms are kind of thick all the way around super leathery leaf bright shiny leaves fragrant flower nothing eats it it doesn't get any diseases no bugs go after it it's just it's easy to grow and once you get it up to size never have to water it again it's just a, it's a bulletproof so there's several native plants like that but you've got to get the roots the mistake people make they throw them in and go now go and thrive and they never feed it or, or water it. they go on that that cruise to the Panama Canal for a month and a half and they come back and their native plants died hey I thought these are native because they didn't have a chance to root. Your planting technique is similar to what I shared earlier. And that's you really want to make sure that planting hole drains. So native plants are really, really sensitive to soggy, wet soil, heavy clays, caliche layers. They don't like that. And so you want to make sure when you dig that hole where you want that new native, have lots, have a whole hedgerow of Arizona cypress. It'll be beautiful. It'll block the wind. It'll get rid of the neighbors. It's a great screening plant. But make sure that when you dig that hole, it drains or perks. And a, and a quick test of that. This is especially important for you folks out that Coyote Springs, Paquito Valley, all the way up to Paulden. That, that big old valley, just solid clay and caliche. It's just, I, I'm surprised anything grows there but grass. But there's some beautiful landscapes out there. Test the hole first. Dig it. Fill it up with water in the morning. If you've got water still sitting there at the end of the day, you've got a problem. That's a bathtub, not a planting hole. So you'll want to dig what we call a chimney. You'll want to etch out just a portion of that hole. So till we get to the next soil band, the next soil layer, then all of a sudden the water starts to drain and goes through the different soil in there. All of a sudden it starts to perk, starts to drain faster. So now a plant will thrive in that quite well, grow fast. Another quick technique, too, that I found, this is, again, Lisa and I had our first house just out by Cody Springs, that area. It's back in the 90s when all the roads in Prescott Valley were dirt. Uh, there weren't many houses. We were all on septic fields. Uh, they, they gave us water and power, and that was it. The rest was on you. It was, I missed those times, actually. I loved Prescott Valley back in the original days. Uh, so anyway, I digress. Uh, there... I actually had to rate, leave a portion of the root out of the ground, especially on the native stuff. Arizona cypress, my spruce, the evergreen things were really sensitive to overwatering with a heavy clay soil. So I just started leaving about two, three inches of the root out of the ground. Then I was slightly feather. I'd, I'd mound the soil up to and just cover that root ball that had left out of the ground. It, it ensured that at least two, three inches of the root could breathe, no matter how the monsoon rains, no matter if the irrigation broke, no matter, it could breathe. And it dropped my mortality rate like that, just, just to nothing. And so that technique will work for you too, if you've got heavy clay soil, or you're just using natives a lot, they're so sensitive, don't dare try to plant a manzanita or a cacti out there, let's see a, a beautiful prickly pear, purple prickly pear, they're gorgeous, or, or a new uh, a choya cactus. You're gonna put that out there and, and, and it's gonna have heavy clay soil, it will not be happy. It'll turn yellow, so it'll start to lose pads. You'll wonder what's going on. It's just, it's not thriving in that heavy, thick soil. So it's a technique that can, and, and no one will see that mound except you from, from a distance. It just, it's just, it's very slight. 
put your water water basin around the outside of that or put your dripper on top of the mound and guaranteed you'll have better success. But when you plant them, they are, don't just chuck them in the ground. Make sure the hole perks. Make sure you've got all the chunky rocks and debris out of there. It wants smaller particles for its around its roots. It is going to want some composted material. So you want to add some mulch or composted mulch around that into your soil. It does, it attracts the worms. It keeps the soil from compacting right back down on it so the roots can get through faster, better. Uh, fertilize everything, no matter, even a cactus. Fertilize a little bit of, of all-purpose plant food around that. It's going to be a game changer as far as getting to grow fast, fill in, get your roots out faster, and then water everything in. If you're gardening now, you should get a gallon size. I just took a gallon of root and grow home with me. It's for transplant shock. It's a great fertilizer for houseplants, containers, but really what it's designed for, when that plant is in that new home, it just it doesn't know what to do. Should I root? Should I die? I'm just not sure. I'm trying to figure it out. It helps it just kind of, here, let me just caress your roots with some compost tea and just once you sit there and just think about it for a minute and then root just start rooting it's all about the roots when you first get out there so you can put natives in we've got lots of bear grass that's wild grass out in in uh, Presque Valley beautiful white flower all of the yuccas uh, a lot of the ceanothus a lot of the perennials uh, galardias beautiful salvia autumn sage this red flower, just the hummingbirds love. All those native plants are beautiful right now in bloom and can go in the ground. Be right back after this.